And for me, I think the real issue is sort of a form of escapism. Because I have to choose between a fantasy world in which I, I believe I'm sovereign and everybody should sort of go along with that and I get to control everything in my life. I have to choose between that and the real world in which God is sovereign and the kingdom has come and the world in God's kingdom works a certain way. But he's in charge. He's great and he's in control. So I have to choose between my false sovereignty and God's real sovereignty. And you know what? Here's what I found. I suck at being God. Yeah, I do. Like, I, I want to act like I am sometimes. I mean, I don't say that to people, but you can just check my actions. And if you knew my heart, you'd know, right? But I suck at being God. And you know what? I am not sovereign. Welcome to the Everyday Disciple Podcast, where you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. In other words, discipleship as a lifestyle. This is the stuff your parents, pastors, and seminary professors probably forgot to tell you. And now, here's your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Okay, here we go. Good to be back with you. Hope your week's going well. I'll tell you what, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas around here. I don't know. How about for you? It seems like Christmas got going even sooner, quicker than every year it already does, right? I literally, the day after after Halloween here in our neighborhood, a whole bunch of my neighbors had the Christmas lights up. And now, you know, a couple of weeks go by, it's a ton. <laughs> And I don't mind it either. Um, but, you know, we got this internet thing, so we get to shop and go crazy. Is that what it's about? Well, we're going to talk a lot about that uh, in this episode of the podcast, but also in the weeks ahead. Before we do, uh, let me go ahead and read a review that came in. Um, this one's from Tim C. in Tennessee. I knew who this Tim C. is. This review from Tim says, Please listen. Caesar and his guests have been blessed with intensely deep and practical wisdom to share. Please listen. You'll be blessed God is using this ministry for his kingdom purpose. It rocks. All right. Thanks for that, Tim. I appreciate it, brother. I appreciate you. You know who you are. You're hearing this. And so I'm going to get down there and do some fishing with you soon. I promise, okay? Long live the swamp, Docky. He'll be the only guy who knows what that's about. Okay. Anyway, uh, I want to invite you to do the same. If you leave us a review on whatever it is you listen to your podcasts on, leave us a review, some stars and all that. I try to find them, and there's a lot of platforms out there these days, but I try to find them and read them, and we really appreciate it, and it helps others also discover the types of podcasts they enjoy, which hopefully is this one, right? You can go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash subscribe, and that'll take you to a whole bunch of the different players. Um, so depending on where you're first hearing this, you can go there and say, oh, well, what other things might we listen on to? The other thing is I want to invite you to join us over on the Facebook group, bring your questions, discussions from the episodes, even just thoughts or questions about gospel fluency, discipleship, and all of life, you can go to uh, Facebook and search up the Everyday Disciple podcast, or just go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash Facebook, and, uh, and you'll, you'll find us, right? And we'd love to have you. All right, let's let's dive into this topic for for you know for the for the day here. Now, for many of us in the weeks ahead, we're going to be celebrating Advent in our homes, in our churches. Maybe you'll even be preaching through an Advent series, right? Some of you will. So, for the next 4 weeks, I'll be like 
talking about Advent, and I'll be doing it a week ahead of the official Advent Sundays, so as to maybe help you all out with your own thoughts and preparations in light of the Advent of Christ's birth. So we'll be taking a look into four life-changing truths about God and how they speak into our lives in this season and every day, okay? Here, let me give you a little preview. Here's what they're going to be. God is great, so we have hope. Yeah, God is great, so we can have hope. Second, next week, we're going to look at God is glorious so we can live in peace with God and others. Third, then, third week of Advent, we'll we'll talk about God and his goodness. God is good so we find satisfaction and joy in our lives. And then we'll wrap up in the fourth week uh, talking about God is gracious so we can experience love in the deepest ways. Now, this sounds pretty obvious, doesn't it, all four of these? But do we really believe these things? Hmm, I wonder. You know what? And maybe these four truths, what we call the four Gs, maybe they sound familiar to you. I've talked about them before on the podcast. You can go back and listen to episodes number 131, where I really unpack, like, where does sin come from? And it's these four Gs connect deeply to that. And then episode 195, where we applied the four Gs to parenting. And again, I have to give credit where credit is due. I first learned this perspective on understanding our sin and freedom through the lens of these four eternal truths um, about God. I I learned this from my friend and author, Tim Chester. So once again, I got to say thanks, Tim. You're the best, okay? Now, today we'll talk about how and why we can have hope because God is great. Yep, because God is great. That brings us great hope. The story of Christ's birth is a story of promise and hope, and it's a story of revolutionary love. So what's happened? (laughs) How do we get far from that? What was once a time to celebrate the birth of a Savior has somehow, for many of us, and maybe primarily, turned into a season of stress and traffic jams and shopping lists and all kinds of stuff that's so far from hope. And when it's all over, many of us are left with presents to return, maybe some debt that'll take months to pay off, and this empty feeling of maybe a missed opportunity or missed purpose for the season. Is this what we really want out of Christmas? But there is hope, okay? I I just want to tell you, there is hope. Jesus came to change all of that, because even before there was shopping malls and the internet and all that, that same sense of are we missing something? Where's our hope? It's, it still existed. And Jesus came to change all that. It's really never been any different. And we, we play it out maybe differently today than maybe in the past, um, say Israel did or whatever. But the Bible and life itself is really a story of hope. It really is. Now, let, let me explain this. Like, hope is, it's not man, I really hope this turns out all right, or I hope I can make this traffic light before it turns red. That's just wishing or you know, guessing at the future or whatever. The biblical use of the word hope speaks of the sure thing that you can place your trust and your circumstances in, right? It's that sure thing that you, you put your trust in. You put your heart and hope in. That, see? see the difference? But living with hope, like actually living with hope, it's kind of a new idea in history. We, we might take it for granted, even the way we use that word, though we don't maybe always use it biblically, but, 
We might take it for granted because many of us are heavily influenced by a biblical worldview. Probably if you're listening to this podcast, you are. But it wasn't always this way. The ancient Greeks, they had sort of two perspectives on life, two stories that were running in their minds and hearts, comedies and tragedies. A comedy was fun, but it wasn't real. It wasn't real life. A tragedy was real, but it wasn't that fun. And if you took a hard look at life, it was sad. You know, that was sort of the dominant view. It just kind of life sucks and then you die. If you ignored life, though, then maybe it was funny. You could have some fun with it. And their philosophy in life sort of mirrored their plays, these comedies and tragedies. And these sort of stoic philosophers sought to be moral in a meaningless world, right? Life was a tragedy, so they just toughed it out. But other philosophers, or the more Epicurean ones, they just had fun. They just thought, you know what? <laughs> who knows? So life's a comedy, right? And they, they're, they're the ones who coined the phrase, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die, right? You see those two perspectives? Maybe those sort of twin poles, <laughs> opposite poles are playing out in your life and heart too. Oh, but see, the Bible teaches us that life, true life, is different. It's filled full of hope, of good news, that life is really a story filled with both tragedy and comedy, loss and hope, right? Let's, let's, let me just for a second, let me just jump back in the story of God, and we'll look at a little bit of Israel's story and their exile and their loss and kind of how they process that, right? So um, taking you back, after Moses had died, Joshua became the new leader of Israel, and he, and he led Israel to recapture their promised land, the land of Canaan, from their enemies. And as then, as Israel entered the land, God told them to drive out all the people who had lived there because they were full of evil. But the Israelites didn't listen, and eventually they started worshiping the false gods of the people who they, they, that remained behind there in Canaan. And this led them into kind of new ways of sinning that they learned from those people. And because of their disobedience, God removed his protection, and he allowed other nations to come into Canaan and overpower Israel. Now, as they were defeated, the people of Israel began to suffer. And so they would beg God for help, for his help and forgiveness. And God would forgive them. And at one point, he sent them leaders called judges, right, to lead them in defeating their enemies. And you know, just a side note, these are not judges like we have in court today, but more like generals. And so battle after battle, Israel conquered their enemies at every border. And so in victory, the people would worship God. Hooray, things are going pretty good again. But soon after that, the people turned away from God again, and they started living in their own ways. And unfortunately, that became a pattern from generation to generation. The people of Israel would come to God and worship him when they needed his help. All right, maybe that sounds familiar. But when things were going well, they returned to worshiping other things in life. And the Bible says something so profound here. It says, this was a time where everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Let me say that again. This was a time when everyone did what was right in their own eyes. See, they were trusting in self, but always hoping for more. <laughs> right? They were trusting in self, but hoping for more. They wanted to control everything, but life felt more like a tragedy to them than a comedy or, you know, or victory. But 
Here's the truth, okay? Here's the truth I want us all to grasp in a really deep way this season and really throughout our lives. God is great, so we don't have to be in control. Let me say that again. God is great. That's the first of these four Gs. So we don't have to be in control. And you're going to see how this leads to great hope. Now, in my own life, and maybe you've heard me say this before, I find that I really only get upset at people or things or circumstances when they don't go my way, okay? When everything's kind of going according to my, you know, false sovereignty, my hope, <laughs> my false hopes or whatever, I'm in a pretty good mood, right? I like, I like things, but it's when people disagree or I miss the light or I don't get a good parking spot or I, you know, I don't get the last toilet paper off the shelf or whatever, um, that's when I get stressed or upset. Can you relate to that? Have you ever noticed that in your own life? Now, remember that guy I mentioned, Tim Chester, who sort of taught me these four Gs? Here, here's something he says in his, his awesome book called You Can Change. He says, if you don't trust God's sovereign control, then you might try to take control yourself in harmful ways through manipulation or domination. And if, if you find yourself worn out with busyness and stress, it may well be because you don't trust God's control. God's rule is not good enough or great enough, so you're pushing him to one side and taking control yourself. Wow, that's heavy, Tim. <laughs> that's heavy. See, and for me, I think the real issue is sort of a form of escapism because I have to choose between a fantasy world in which I, I believe I'm sovereign and everybody should sort of go along with that and I get to control everything in my life. I have to choose between that and the real world in which God is sovereign, and the kingdom has come, and the world in God's kingdom works a certain way. But he's in charge. He's great, and he's in control. So I have to choose between my false sovereignty and God's real sovereignty. And you know what? Here's what I found. I suck at being God. Yeah, I do. Like, I, I want to act like I am sometimes. I mean, I don't say that to people, but you can just check my actions, and if you knew my heart... You'd know, right? But I suck at being God. And you know what? I am not sovereign. And that, that is shown to me and proven to me over and over and over again, daily. I'm not actually in control of anything. But instead of trying to control a situation, which is ultimately futile, I get to, we get to look to our great and powerful creator of the universe, God, who is completely in control. We get to. We get to submit to that reality, we, and we get to look to him to be in control. Will we believe that? Like, do you believe that? Do you believe that God's in control? Or, or will we continue to act and feel as if things depend on us? See, the reality is, like, worry and overwork and frustration and stress, they're all signs that we may not be trusting God is great and he's in control. We're not trusting his sovereignty Jesus himself says this in Luke 12. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And since you can't do this very little thing, <laughs> that's how Jesus equates adding like length to your life, even an hour. If you can't do that little thing, then why do you worry about the rest? Oh, you of little faith. Another word for faith is trust, right? That's what he says. Oh, you of little faith. So don't set your heart on what you're going to eat or drink. Don't worry about it. Wow. 
Wow. See, the reason we worry and freak out on people and freak out on ourselves is we don't believe our Father is that great, and we don't believe He knows our needs. And you know what else? We doubt His ability to provide. We, we don't, we're not sure He knows our needs. Mm, Bible tells us so. But then even if He does, we doubt His ability to provide. That's because it's not lining up with our sense of sovereignty. Remember, this is a time when everyone does what is right in their own eyes. See, and Jesus goes right to the straight of the right to the heart of the problem, doesn't he? He goes straight to it. Our little faith, our unbelief, our lack of trust. Hmm. So, how does this begin to work itself out in our hearts and our lives? Like around Christmas and really throughout the rest of the year. What are some of the things that we're all trying to control in our life? You know, how about for you? Maybe it's different than me, but I bet we're not that different. I bet we're not. Okay, here, here, here are some of the areas that we may be believing a lie about God's greatness, not believing he's quite great enough and probably still needs my help here, okay? How about the economy? You think, like, God's not in control of our economy or what flows towards us, right? Do you think he doesn't know the future and where this is all heading, the Dow or your stocks or your bank account or the COVID thing, right? How about the election? Is God not sovereign? We talked about this a couple episodes back. Is God not sovereign over all the rulers of the, of the world and who ultimately has, like, authority or control or, you know, shared from him? How about our time? Do you think, like, we have to control our time and it's our time to be controlled? God, we can't give it to him. I mean, if you want to know if you believe that God is great, and so we don't have to control things. Let's look at your calendar and see how much of it you filled up without talking to God about it. How about your job, your paycheck? Do you think God needs your help there? Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, I got to go to work or I don't get paid, right? The Bible even teaches, like, if we don't work, we don't eat. But who's ultimately in control of that? Like, that you have a job, that you have skills to do that, that you have health to do it. How about your family? Are you trying to control that? Are you trying to control others, your kids, how they'll turn out, what other people think of those kids or think of you? How about your circumstances, the way things are just going in life, where you live, maybe your health? How about everything? See, I'll be honest with you. I think in reality, I have so often a great lack of belief that God is great. And so I don't have to be in control. And I keep putting my hope in my own false sovereignty in all these things. And then I just long for more. Well, <laughs> there's some good news for us. There really, really is. Jesus came. He was born to bring hope and to fulfill hope. Hope in a God that keeps his promises, all of them. Hope that us humans could once again Walk close with God and be reconciled to him. No more shame or fear. Hope of forgiveness for our sins and our rebellion. That's, Jesus came to bring us that hope. Hope that God would walk with us and he'd be close to us. He's not distant and ticked off and aloof, but he's here. Jesus came to bring us hope that mankind could have new hearts and a new spirit and that God would put his own spirit of wisdom and truth inside of us, that he would himself dwell in us. And Jesus came to bring us hope that we, like Christ, 
would be raised from the dead and live eternally. Wow, that is good news. I, I know I can't manage that for myself. In fact, that whole list I can't. And there again, it would be ridiculous and just crazy to think that I could. Jesus was born to bring and fulfill hope. And when we celebrate Christmas, we get to celebrate this hope. We really do. And sure, lots of fun, lots of gifts, all that stuff. But we get to celebrate that God is great so we can have hope in all these big ways and all the small ones. So, so this Christmas, what will you put your hope in? Will, will you trust in self and then continue to hope for more? Many will. Will you trust in gifts and gift giving and hope for more? Like just more stuff and, oh man, I really wanted that. Didn't get it, you know? Will we trust in our own control and then keep doing that and yet hope for a different outcome? Or will we trust in the great one who put his trust in the Father's will and he lived out his loss with hope He lived out his life with hope, all so that we could put our hope in him, a sure hope, a strong and lasting foundation. That's our hope in Jesus. That's why he came. And you know what? It's our choice this Christmas, as it always is, and every day after. It really, really is. It's our our choice. Do you believe that God is great, and so therefore we can have hope? Well, if you're interested in learning more about how to apply the gospel to all of life and maybe maybe learning to live this out with your family and kids and in community or even leading others in your church live this way and maybe you have some interest in being coached and mentored into this way of life well Tina and I that's what we do we we coach people and we'd love to help you learn a lifestyle of discipleship and mission and so um, you can start to experience greater hope and spiritual freedom and relational peace today. Check it out. If you're interested at all, go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash coaching, and you can get some more information on that, and we can even schedule a time to hop on a a phone call or a Zoom call and tell you a little bit more about that. All right, well, as always, I want to leave you with the big three takeaways from today's topic. If nothing else, you don't want to miss these, okay? And uh, as always as well, you can get a printable PDF of the big three as a free download just by going to everydaydisciple.com forward slash big three. There you go. Okay, so here's the big three for this week. First, the coming of Jesus reminds us of the hope we can live with and the hope that's already been fulfilled by God himself. What are you hoping for in your life in the year ahead? What are you hoping for in your career, your family, relationships, maybe your marriage? Right now, are you trusting in self and hoping for more? Or are you placing your hope in the completed work of Christ? Let me remind you, Jesus' name means the Lord of salvation. He came that we might have freedom and peace. And he's also called Emmanuel, which means God with us. He's not distant and aloof. He's a God that's right here, right now, with us. And that gives us great hope. It really does. Second, God is great, so we don't have to be in control. Just keep telling yourself that. And that gives us great hope. All of our worry, stress, and relational strife comes from not believing that God is great, so we try to take control of circumstances, people, and things. Yet, we intrinsically know that we're not God, 
and that tears away our hope. We put our hope in self, and we consistently find it lacking. But we now have a true and lasting hope because God is great, and he proved it beyond a shadow of a doubt when he sent Jesus to take our places on a cross and exchange his perfect righteousness for our lack and sinfulness. Wow. (laughs) That's such good news, right? And then third, as you look toward the new year, I want to encourage you, like, you know, stop for a moment. Pull out a piece of paper. Take an inventory of the things that you're still believing that you have to be in control of in your life and in the lives of others. Are you still thinking that you have to be in control of your provision or your health and wellness? Or are you still trying to control your time, like this is your life and your calendar? Are you trying to control others' behaviors and it's not working out so well? What is it that you think God still needs your help managing. So after you've done that, ask the Spirit of Jesus to replace your false sense of control with faith and hope in His great sovereignty, love, and care. That'll change a lot. That'll change a lot. All right, well, that's it for today, all right? Thanks for being here with me. Thanks for joining me again, as always. Please share this episode. If you found hope in this, would you please share this? Would you tell some friends about it? Maybe get on your Facebook page, surf over to our site, and, you know, just share the episode, okay? And I hope you'll join me next week. We're going to continue on in this special Advent series, and we'll talk about how because God is the most glorious one, and he loves us completely, we can now live in peace with God and others. And that's some really good news too. So don't miss that. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us today. For more information on this show and to get loads of free discipleship resources, visit everydaydisciple.com. And remember, you really can live with the spiritual freedom and relational peace that Jesus promised every day.